You're listening to the 76th Street Network. For this and many other great shows, go to 76thstreetnetwork.com. You gotta get up close like this, but bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. The killers are eating the flesh of the people they murdered. Believe it or not, zombies. I'm gonna make them an offer, can't we? Dead. Say hello to my little are returning to life and feeding on the living. All right, damn it. That's right. Now we've got a war. They seek to survive by human flesh. You know who I am. I'm Mo Green. We've only got 29 shells. We really need to work together on this. I need someone to help me reload. Everyone has to look at I will fire. I'm running this monkey car now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. There's no time to take a hold of all these things in the ground. Freedom, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Oh, geez. Thank you, mother. Okay, let me get my uh, notes up here as well. I've got, I've got IMDb up, and I also have the uh, notes I had that I wrote up. Fucking plagiarist. I you win. It. I had it up. <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, wait a minute. That wasn't really a she. Well, that's what I paid. <laughs> I got what I paid for. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, damn. You are what you eat. <laughs> I don't even know what that means in that context. I know, but cock was about to come up. All right. <laughs> It's noon. Okay, so um, let me count back. Is that, is that, I'm like, is that how we started out? Awesome first episode. Oh, yeah. Well, hell, I'll just leave that in. Hello. Hey, everybody. McPierce here, and... Oh, no no intro for me? Fuck it. Hey, everybody. It's your that's, pal, Mike Zombie. I thought you were going to like have something special silly. queued up okay. and ready to go. All right. No, no. I was going to just let you do it. All right, let's try that again. Hey, all, <laughs> McPierce here. And your pal, Mike Zombie. Welcome to episode 40 of The Zombie Mob, the first episode of The Zombie Mob to actually have me in it, I think since sometime this past spring. This is number 40, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Three and a half years of, <laughs> three. I was going to say three and a half years, is that right? No, not quite. Three and a third years of me doing episodes, farming out episodes to people, and rerunning episodes that I had previously farmed out and or was in myself. <laughs> you had these inside of you? I, I'm telling you, I would lay them like eggs. Shit's getting creepier and creepier as we go along. Episode 40 was the one where <laughs> shit got weird, folks. <laughs> well, episode 40, 40 was the one where we found out that I actually shit out episode. That's true. Which explains the quality of the ones that I'm in. Mm, no, they're always gold. <laughs> well, I am the goose that laid the golden turd. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, before... Okay, okay. People are probably sitting there going, Jesus, I downloaded this to hear them bullshit all the time. <laughs> okay. This month, we have a new movie. And by new movie, I do actually mean a new movie. We are reviewing a, zom- a zombie film that is not actually out yet. It's not out until... Um, I think it's November 22nd. It comes out on video on demand and in theaters. And I know right now everybody listening is going, what movie? What are you talking about? It's a movie called... Contracted. Oh, I, it was the pause break where I jump in. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't know. Yes, yes, that's I fine. I don't want to blow it up. Contractor from 2013, obviously being a new film. I didn't know this wasn't out yet. Yes. I'm yeah, I saw, um, so the film was written and directed by Eric England, and I follow him on Facebook, and I saw where over this past weekend, he posted that they had an official release date for the film announced, and that, like I said, is November 22nd, it'll be on video on demand, and uh, I don't know how big a run it's getting, but it'll be in theaters as well. It makes me a bit nervous to zombie mob it then, it's not even released. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the very ending. Oh, all right. We can talk about. I think we can talk a lot about the plot. And before we even get going, um, I will say I will just give an upfront nod of this is a film I would definitely suggest people go check out in the theater or on video on demand. Yeah, me too. I, I liked the film. I liked what he. Did. I liked what England did with this. So first, I'll read off the um, IMDb synopsis. The synopsis says, or the synopsis reads, 
a young girl has a one-night stand with a random stranger and contracts what she thinks is a sexually transmitted disease, but is actually something much worse. Now, I think that I think the uh, synopsis kind of makes it, it's a little gentle on what actually it, happened. It sure makes date rape snazzy because uh, yeah, that's really exactly. what happened. Oh crap! You know what? We forgot to say who uh, the main characters are. Let me do that really fast. Mm-hmm. The film stars Najara Townsend as Samantha. Hot as fuck. Alice McDonald as Alice. Hot as fuck. Uh, Katie Stegman as Nikki. British hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a discussion there. <laughs> Whatever. Matt, Matt Mercer as Riley. Hot as fuck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And something I thought was really cool, because I didn't know she was in this, Caroline Williams as Sam's mom. I love her. I, I first uh-huh. saw her as, as Stretch in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part uh-huh. 2. It's the first time I remember seeing her. And I saw her just uh, two weeks ago at uh, Monster Palooza. She was walking through with her two sons, because she she's, has a very distinctive voice. And right. uh, I turned around, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Caroline Williams. She was, she'd been signing the day before, but she was off uh, on Sunday. So I saw her just recently. Still, still a lovely lady. Oh, God, I tell you, I go back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and the only thing I can think of is her legs. God, amazing. Her legs made me want to buy that movie, and I did, solely just so I could see her legs. She was so hot. Now, now, speaking of hot legs, let's talk about Contracted. Mm -hmm. So, like like, uh, Mike said... The synopsis for the film is kind of gentle about what happens. Sam is, um, she plays for a different team than most of the other girls. The that Red we Sox? What? <laughs> Ooh, is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, Sam is a, um, yeah, well, well, she's a lesbian. But they, they are right. very, I won't say coy about it, I think they're very right in your face with it. So our, our main characters are Sam who is the star of the film. The film is all about, the story is all about what happens to her. Her friend Alice, who is having a house party when the film opens up. Um, A young man named Riley, who, by the way, is from, not originally, but he lived here where I live. It's your house? That's fucking creepy. I know. It's weird, because I lived here at the same time, and I never saw him. No, Matt Mercer went to college here in North Carolina. He went to UNC Chapel Hill. And I swear to God, I think at some point I like somehow my path crossed with him because when we first see Riley in this film, Riley's kind of following Sam around. He's a little puppy dog who kind of wants to be with her. When he first showed up, I went, my God, that guy looks like one of the people that I work with at my company. Mm. And I went and looked him up and I'm like, Oh, he actually, lived in this area. I mean, not right here. He lived in Chapel Hill, which is about half an hour away. But what he went to school for, for theatrics, people like that work, or people in that industry sometimes work in like brand communications for you know big companies. And my company has a decent brand communications team. And I swear to God, he looks like he could have been in, like he may have been an intern where I work. He could easily have been in there for a semester. Hmm. Why don't you hit him up and ask? I I think I might do that. Yeah. Say, do we know each other? Can we please? (laughs) (laughs) Have your wingman, please. You're so hot. You're hot. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at you on the, uh, on the film there where you were chasing the girl. You got it. All wrong. It's rating men. <laughs> you like sausage? <laughs> I'm in for breakfast. I have an extra toothbrush. Oh, Lord. Well, and that sums up Contracted from 2013. Boy, everybody's just going to run out to see the film now. I, I'm, we're really selling this. This is a, this is a beautifully shot film. Yes. Um, yes. And folks, usually when... when uh, McPierce says to me, "Hey, Mike, I got I got something for you to check out for you to review," and he sends it over. No, more than half the time, it looks like it was filmed on a VHSC, um, <laughs> but this certainly was not the case. Um, a decent amount of cash was put into this film, and it does look really good. Yes, yes. That, that now that was uh, something that I came out of the film realizing is that it was not choppy. The pacing was nice in the film. It didn't really feel like there were any points where 
there, it didn't feel like there was any part of the film where I thought, you know what, they could really cut that whole scene out and move things along. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I knew I was going to at least uh, and see. I'm not sure how much Eric had to do with the editing. I mean, I'm just looking at writer director, but uh, the the minute that Samantha gets to the party and just comes stepping up from the left, stands up on the deck. Um, the music starts, and the music took me to one of my favorite films of all time. It reminds me of every scene in Train Spotting where Renton is happy when he's at the club. It was that it was that kind of music that's like okay, right. it set the stage. And um, I, yeah, I was uh, I would give this movie very high for its its thought of music, um, audio effects certainly, and certainly very good special effects. Minus mm-hmm. a couple things that got on my nerves a little bit, but other than that, it was really good, really believable. That, that, now, that's interesting that you bring that up. One of the things I put down in my notes was that the, little, the, the attention paid to detail, for me, is what sold the film, made it that much more believable to me, made it easier for me to suspend disbelief. So, without, so I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, let me let me just let me just set up this one little piece here. What happens to Sam? Which I don't think it that's not going to kill anything for people if they know at least what happens in the first. I guess it was about fifteen minutes of the film, at most fifteen twenty minutes. Um, Sam goes to this party at Alice's. Riley is there, uh, puppy dog guys looking after Sam. Alice notices and then yells out very loudly. Hey, Sam, or hey, Riley, Sam said she would love to sleep with you if you can lick pussy like a lesbian or something to that effect. That was pretty much it. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine going to Jodie Foster's house and having Portia de Rossi yell something like that at you because you were following Rosie O'Donnell? Um, Okay. Uh, I was going to go. That was like duck, duck, goose, but hot, hot. Why did you have to do that to me? Because you know you got to set it up, yeah, you and that, set the person up, and then you like boom. I see ninja the, style. The whole lesbian part of this film, honestly, was a bit of a turnoff for me. Um, I really? it was really yeah, it was really heavy handed, uh, and just so you know. And that's the thing. I know a lot of lesbian couples in real life. I live in Long Beach, California, um, and just the, the the gay and lesbian population per capita rivals San Francisco. It's very likely the second largest on the West Coast. Really? I, I, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. You should. You should. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a incredibly gay friendly town, um, and uh, I know a ton of lesbian couples, and they never they're never like this. They're never yeah. they're never a couple of really well, hot, beautiful girls that are. Um, but I will say, <laughs> uh, yeah, none of them are listening because they're all going to go. What do we look like, softball players? No, it's usually one hot chick and one that looks like me, and that's just the fucking way it is. Now, <laughs> that's not to say they're all that that way. No, and I don't mean right. that at all. And I certainly I have no no anger or dislike towards uh, the LGBT XM uh, serious XM radio community, where the fuck it is. So many goddamn letters. <laughs> I love everybody, but out cue, out cue. But see, but to me. Nikki's attitude, and I really have to wonder how Eric got into her head because um, I, I hate to say this and sound like a, like an asshole, but I've known a lot of gay and lesbian couples, especially since I've lived here for, for 14, 15 years, where one of them is just like Nikki. Mean, doesn't want to give affection, and plays a lot of fucked up head games with someone like Samantha, who I've known, and that and, the, and these characters are so spot on, it's almost almost bothers me. Where Samantha is is pretty much a first time lesbian. This is her first experience, and she is she's panicked not to have Nikki, and she's very much subservient mm-hmm. puppy dog, and will be walked on, and will come back, and will be kicked, and will be doesn't matter. Will will take an obvious. Uh, shunning and still beg for more. I tell you, with my with my gay and lesbian friends, I've seen this this scenario uh, a thousand right. times, and I, I maybe it's just I don't know. I don't maybe it's part of the scene. I don't get it. But yeah, this is so spot on, Eric. You're freaking me out with how real you made that. <laughs> Except well, they were now, both really hot. That usually doesn't happen quite that way. See now, I now I took away from it. So I thought that that whole I felt at least that whole relationship that was all intentional. Oh sure, that um, no, I mean the the um, oh god, what was it that you said? You said something that I went, oh no no no, I'm, you. Well, I went, Ugh, oh Rosie no, I know what it, was. No. it was when you said no, yeah, oh god, Rosie, put her in a tux. Mm. When you said Fucking it was heavy hand, Fred Flintstone looking bitch. What? 
when you said it was heavy-handed, um, that was what it was. That was like triggered for me. I was looking at it more as given what we find out about Sam as the story progresses, we find out that she's not the most stable personality to begin with. I took away from that that she may not actually she may not have actually been a lesbian. She seems more like the personality type who's always wanting to be um, that she wants that fascination or not that fascination the infatuation. She wants the high that comes from being in this new different thing that her mother does not approve. Sure, I, I agree with that. I don't think Samantha is is a real true lesbian. I think she's probably more bi. Right. Where, where I think Nikki was very clearly, um, you know, a, a, and not not only a, just a strict lesbian, but very much a man hater as well. Right. Uh, and it's just to me the the constant, you know, you don't have the equipment that she wants. I was like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get it already. I get it. Um, yeah, still smoking hot though. Uh, see, now I have in my notes regarding Nikki, I don't get the attraction to her. And that's what I wrote. I don't get the attraction to her. Unless you're a 15-year-old boy, her quote-unquote rebellious look is pretty lame. Lip piercing, spider tattoo, and weird hair are turnoffs for me. And uh, well, Luckily maybe you're not a lesbian in this film. <laughs> and then I wrote, maybe it's the accent. She's probably Euro trash at best. <laughs> So everything about her, and, and yeah, it's just me. Everything about Nikki was a turnoff from how crappy she treated Sam to the whole, I have an accent, therefore I'm a better person than you. It's like, fuck you, you probably got kicked out of London or wherever the hell she was supposed to be from. Because her accent, I mean, I don't know if it was real or if it was put on or not, but there was something about it that just, I couldn't place it. It seemed like it was too ambiguous. Although, uh, well, she's from L.A., so... Yeah, yeah. what's great we'll about this is we're, we were supposed to dislike Ooh. her very much. She did a great job. Although, you know what? I'm sitting here looking at her headshot on IMDb. Oh, Folks, oh. come, back, come back in a half hour when we finally sum this film up. <laughs> no, it'll only take me about 30 seconds. She's she is she's cute. Captain Stamina. <laughs> she, <laughs> really, I had my Wheaties today and a Flintstone Jewel. She, oh man, she's got like that early seventies kind of twicky cuteness to her. Wow, <laughs> like I said, she she was written to be disliked. Mm-hmm. I think she, and I think your dislike for her is just testimonial to how good yes. she played her role. I got pulled right into it because I'm saying that, that, that because we live in the same city, and if I ever see her, I want to go. I defended your honor like some <laughs> internet knight. You don't, you don't have to give me a hand job, but just realize I fucking came to your defense one day. But <laughs> since you're already doing it, <laughs> okay. I'm very start. I'm very sorry, Katie Stangman. You did a great job with your character because I despised Nikki from the minute she first treated Sam like shit. And you know why that was? Because from the get go, I liked Sam. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, immediately. I mean, from the moment I first saw her, she was so. And and it's not and it, God I and I struggle to find the right way to to say this without it coming across as creepy. But it's not just because <laughs> I want to do it, her. It will, and, and he does. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to go. She was so. It's like realistically cute. You know how you get a woman. You get sometimes you get women in movies, and they are just so gorgeous. It's like they would never say two words to me in real life. So. You like Hollywood, yeah, and it consists of fuck off. But go right ahead. <laughs> Restraining that a lot order. Too. Help, please. <laughs> yeah, that's not my purse. Is three words. <laughs> but yeah, you, you see somebody who is so attractive. I mean, so unrealistically attractive that you're like, they would never talk to me in real life. So you just kind of like, you don't treat them like they're a real person. But and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name, Najara Townsend. I'm, it's got to be Najara, and I and I agree with you. I think a lot of her likability is the fact that she's she's a very pretty girl, but yeah. she's not so pretty that you couldn't see her as being like your waitress. Like, wow, that waitress is beautiful. I mean, you know, and she's she, real. She, thank you. She's real, and and who doesn't want to feel for someone that's real and someone that's struggling? Just trying, mm-hmm. just trying to get through having problems and someone, and we've all been that person at one point in our life. We were desperately in love with somebody that was never going to love us back, at least not the way we love them. So it's kind of hard not to identify with her as well. Right, right. 
And, you know, from the moment I first saw her, that was it. She was the hook that pulled me into the movie. Although I will say that also the character of Riley, I could identify with him as well because looking at Sam and then looking at Riley and seeing how, you know, to a degree, Sam is kind of passing down, not intentionally, but she's passing down the emotional beating that she's getting from Nikki on to Riley. Right. So, and that's the thing, though, if she was just a lesbian, a, a pure lesbian, you would say, well, Riley's a fucking asshole because he's one of those guys. How many times have you seen in a movie uh, where the guy's like, I know you're a lesbian, but believe me, I can fix that. You know, mm-hmm. that stupid fucking macho attitude. It, you know, if if she was if she was really just dead set on being a lesbian, then he would be an asshole for continually uh, trying to chase her. But right. we get the feeling that... that uh, Encounter with BJ and BJ's a name, folks. Not a, not a, not a, not an action. Uh, contact with BJ aside, we get the feeling that that being being um, sexual with a man, even if not loving him, wasn't that far back in her past. So right. I think that BJ's kind of. I mean, I'm sorry that uh, Riley's just kind of hanging on. Like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to <laughs> go out? For- for people who don't know who we're talking about, BJ was another person at the uh, party, at this house party at Alice's. So this is the first 20 minutes that sets up everything that comes later in the film. He's not named. He just He's a guy who comes up to Sam at one point while she's in the refrigerator looking for something to eat. No, she's loaded. Right. But she was looking for something to eat. And he hands her a cup, and he goes, oh, here's your drink. And she goes, oh, was I holding this? I, I saw you holding it. Oh, were you stalking me? Uh, no. She takes a drink. Turns out there was a date rape drug in it. That's called Rohypnol. Why I know yes. that? I can't explain. And the fucking statute of limitations protects me, I think. <laughs> and the whole witness protection thing. Wait, this like... wasn't shoplifting. Oh, shit. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so this gentleman named BJ slips her something in a drink gets her out to his car where he proceeds to have his way with her. The next thing she knows is what she woke up at home, yeah. correct? She sure did. She woke up at home, and I, I don't remember if it was the first night she wakes up or if it was later. Um, she knows that something happened. Yeah, she, she knows something happened, and she wakes up, and um, she's... Well, hmm. Do, do, That's do, right. Do I want to she, give this away or no? Well, no, I, th- I think we won't talk any specifics beyond this point. All right. Because I really, because th- with this being a new film, I don't want to give away too much of what happens after this point. But when she wakes up, she's got a little feminine itching, burning problem going on. And she happens to notice that some veins are visible through her skin in her lower abdominal area. Yeah. Yeah. And things kind of progress from there when she when she starts to put uh symptoms together with what happened, her recollections and realizes that whatever BJ did, he gave her something. Like the synopsis says, she thinks it's an STD, but maybe it's something worse. You know, I I still think it I think it is an STD. That's how she got it. That's how she got it. So it, <laughs> I mean, it, so it, it is. lives right up to that. Yeah, it does. Now, okay, well, I thought I had a... So in the end, turns out Tim Curry is not just really the butler or Mr. Body, but wait, no, I'm sorry, that's a clue. Oh, I have a a note for uh, one of the scenes right in this neighborhood. Okay. I never actually peed and heard chunks come out at the same time. But I have tried, but I have tried to poop and had about a gallon of mop water come out. Mop water. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's where you can shit shit eight gallons to a strainer and not even hit the damn thing. Yeah, I know. One of my favorite one of my favorite things from SNL. I think it was last year or the year before. Fred Armisen as the producer for a cable access television show, where uh, the the show was called um, Sex Advice for People Over Fifty or something like that, and it was uh, one of it was a female host. Uh-huh. She couldn't show up, so Fred Armisen, who was her producer, comes on the show, and he's going to fill in for her. And he's just giving away too much information. He goes, yeah, she couldn't be here tonight. Um, not to put too fine a point on it, but uh, her tummy's not feeling well. And basically, she squeezed out a raisin in about two minutes of hot dog water. <laughs> I, 
one of watched, my favorite bits. I haven't watched that show since Will Ferrell was on it. God, uh, I know it's yeah, so popular. It, I don't know. I just I, was, I I fell in and out of it. I don't know. Not not to not to segue, but I've been very happy with the last. I guess about the last two years hmm. that I've been watching. I thought it's been pretty funny. I like guys, especially like Bill Hader. Absolutely love that guy. I'm so sorry that he's no longer on the show. He's now doing, I think, Verizon commercials. But funny, funny guy. Anyway, with the movie. So you mentioned earlier the special effects. Mm -hmm. Now, mentioning her with the plop, plop, chunk, chunk. Yeah. the, um, oh, what a relief it is. Sure. I don't think she was too relieved, though. I, I would agree. Get that out of you. Ooh. The veins, the way that the um, spreading infection was shown visually, I liked it. It was not over the top. It looked so real. I have a vein like that on my nose, just on the, <laughs> did you the get it from, piece underneath. Did you get it from BJ, too? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Nice. <laughs> yes. I have I have a little vein like that just at the base of my nose. You can't nobody else can see it, but I know it. The way the veins were drawn on her belly and then on her cheeks looked just like that. They were so subtle. They looked like they were under the skin. They were so real looking. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I didn't much care for them though. <laughs> Why not? I don't I thought it I to me it looked I don't know. I, I I think maybe my mind wanted to see more bruising to go along with it, but uh, that's it, a good point. That's they weren't bad, but I mean, but I thought everything else, minus her, I guess it would be her left eye. Um, everything else is amazing. Oh, I, yeah. I I especially enjoy when there's a dead body, seeing how how the the effects, how the makeup people wanted the blood to flow from the wound or the face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when blood looks ridiculous, like it goes at a weird angle or or too much in a horror, you know, haunted house style, it really pisses me off. But this, um, it was always good. It always looked like someone had been hit had been punched, had fallen in a, in a reasonable way, or mm-hmm. had been beaten to where, yeah, that's how I think it probably really would look. Um, so they they took great care in, in, in taking, because the, they didn't go over the top, but they, what they did, they took, and they, they really made it seem um, believable, at least to me anyway. And I it was that a, was great. It, it, it was a slow, incremental thing. It wasn't, she didn't just like suddenly have a whole bunch on her. No. And then the next time you see her, suddenly there's a whole bunch more. You know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned blood. You mentioned, you know, haunted house blood and all. That was another thing that they did very nicely. I've been, so in the past, I don't know, I guess maybe like three or four months, I've seen a lot of movies with a lot of different, uh, um, examples of stage or stage or film blood yeah and you know and i've seen you know the ones where the blood is really thin it's look like somebody poured um like jaeger over their hands you know it's very watery clingy very uh um it's got a lot of cohesion to it doesn't look like blood at all you know it looks like colored water sure and i've seen some where people have used syrup so it's way too thick obviously too viscous to be um to be blood in this, there's one scene where Sam is in the shower, and she has... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. She's got a little flow going. The and insurance we, lady? And <laughs> it's, it was very progressive. That's all yeah. I'll say. And she's that rinsing looked, herself That off. looked great. That was such uh-huh. a great scene. Yeah. Because like, you, oh, you look at the water, and I can't, I can't describe it except to say that it was very grainy. So the blood did what real blood does. It broke up in the water. It separated into little, you know, um, there weren't droplets, but you could see that it was separating in the water. And that's what blood does. And it was so good. That was such, that was a great touch of realism in the film. I agree. I like this blood a lot. And I will take a second. Do you know who made the best blood I've ever seen? No. Will Finley. Really? Yeah. Will and he swears it's just some recipe you got from the internet, but I'll tell you what, Will Finley makes incredible blood. It's is it like Cairo syrup and yeah. well, Red number five or something like that? No, it's it's um well, I don't want to give it away, but it it's very sweet tasting. I will say that. <laughs> I, I know a little bit of what he puts in there. And uh, it's yeah, cherry it's, Pepsi, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's yes, carbonated blood that bubbles on your face. No. 
It's um, it's the right color, the right consistency, and it still looks good. Forty five minutes later, after it's been out, doesn't yeah. dry up. Beautiful stuff. Good job, Will. Anyway, but this film also, Blood was phenomenal. Yes. And, and flowed right, like you mentioned there in the shower. Flowed right. It didn't just hit the water and suddenly turn into orange goo. I mean, it, right. it, it didn't really did. Yeah. It wasn't a skin floating on the surface of the water. It acted like real organic blood. It was very convincing. Now, also with the blood, something else that was, to me, to me at least, for my eye, it was a, perfect, it was a perfectly perfect piece of detail, and that was Sam's fingernails. Yeah, they were good. Not, not the fingernails themselves. Well, although that was good. The blood in the uh, gap between the fingernails and her finger. If you watch after things start going south for her, her fingernails slowly get dirtier, grimier, and bloodier. Yeah. Now, I never noticed it before I got married. My wife is... Uh, she has a big thing about dirty Careful. Oh. <laughs> like, whoa. Careful. <laughs> All right. She has a thing about fingernails. If, you know, like, if we're watching the Food Network and somebody's cooking and they've got a little something under her fingernails, it will actually make my wife nauseous. Hey, I'm, I'm with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never noticed it before her, but then she started pointing this out, and the more I, you know, the more she pointed it out, the more I realized, yeah, that is gross. So when Sam is on screen, or whenever we see her hand on screen, like she's, you know, she's rubbing her forehead or she's adjusting her glasses, you know, she's wearing them big ass uh, risky business sunglasses, <laughs> and I'm looking at her hands, and I'm like, oh my god, every time they're getting a little dirtier. I want to think that that was very, very deliberate. That was part of what was thought out of how do we show visually that Sam is breaking down, that she's, things are not getting better, they're only getting worse for her. And that fingernail touch, that, that, that was just a beautiful piece of detail that wasn't thrown in your face. It was just there, and you picked up on it subconsciously, and you accepted it. Yeah, I'd like to think that was purposeful, but that could also easily just be because she's, you know, got blood all over her hands and whatnot, and that's where it tended to pool up and mm-hmm. would naturally. But either way, I'm going to give all the credit to Eric. Good job. I mean, it yeah. was. I was like, okay, that's real. Uh, okay, good job. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I gotta say, as a director, he he definitely has a good eye for putting on the screen what you want to see that keeps you looking keeps you believing the story that he's that he's telling you yeah that and he, everything's going on and he doesn't he doesn't have to focus on the see see what we have here see mm-hmm. and pointed things he lets he lets things flow in and out in a very believable manner um yeah and, th- and this this was a film folks this was not a movie i mean this was this was this was uh well designed well planned out um yeah this, this was a visually it was execution. very pleasing yeah. Uh, I will mention <laughs> that uh, is is Eric going to hear this review? Well, do you think he'll hear it? Maybe. I'm sure. I'm going to send him a once once the episode goes live. I'm going to send him a link. Awesome. Well, I will say to you, Eric. It seems you and I have both spent plenty of time at Volcano on uh, Santa Monica and Fifth. <laughs> is that the is that yeah. the restaurant? Yeah, she's working. I, I I don't think they credit it in the film. I don't think they show the title, but yeah, she's coming in and out of Volcano and uh, the parking structure next to it, um, <laughs> right, right there on Santa Monica Boulevard and Fifth. But uh, yeah, good spot. Not bad. Uh, now, now I'm hoping this coming spring I'm going to get a chance to go see it. Well, I don't know. You're supposed to come out last year as well, and you claimed this whole what can't leave the spring state break for some reason, some uh, custody <laughs> thing. I don't know what you did. Uh, some reprimanded, not allowed to leave. I don't know what happened. Customs. Yeah, come out. We'll, we'll go. Oh, customs. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah. We'll go to Wakano. We'll meet Eric. You have there. a couple of you know. You have a couple of severed heads shipped via DHL. Suddenly, you get on somebody's list in the government. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I'm back on now. Okay, sorry about that, folks. The uh, our conference bridge Skype connection decided to disconnection. So Mike and I got dropped. I'm now calling tech in on my regular phone. See, this is why I didn't use Skype because Skype is not as dependable as this. Now hold on a second while I text Mike and tell him to just call in directly. And with that, I just texted Mike and told him to just call in. I'm on my phone now. The Skype bridge is down. So I'm just going to 
I'm actually probably going to edit this out, or I'll just leave it in because it's kind of funny. Um, it seems that we're always having technical difficulties whenever we try to record an episode. It doesn't matter if we're using Skype with MP3 Skype Recorder, if we're using Free Conference Call HD. There just always seems to be a fart and a tickle somewhere, and then suddenly somebody gets disconnected, and then I've got to edit and put in that little uh, retro uh, technical difficulty thing that I got from Canadian uh, from a Canadian television site. We are having technical difficulties. Please stand by. Mike is still having a few issues. He says that he can't get the. He's calling the number and it's not even ringing. So now he's going to try his house phone. I'm going to end this episode with him, not until. What the fuck? Hello? What happened? Hello? Are you there? You there? Hello? Can you hear me? There we go. Mike? Damn it. Okay, it's back on. Hello? Yeah. Oh, see, now I can hear you. There we go. Ah, damn. Okay, people, sorry for that. Um, if I've edited it out, you won't know what I'm talking about. And if I edited but, it out... But if you, if you know his history, you know that's not going to happen, and you'll know there's a definite difference in quality. <laughs> that's true, that's true. i got better uh, where, things to do with my time than edit well, chat. Where do we leave off? Um... Oh, we're talking about you coming out. Oh, we're talking about, yeah, you were telling me how I never, I didn't make it out to California last year, so you don't believe I'll make it this year. Yeah. Um, DHL delivering severed heads. Oh, right. List. Decapitated head. Right, gotcha. All right. I didn't say they were decapitated. What do you think DHL stands for? They may have for? been grown that way. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, hmm. yeah they, they, they may have just been designed that way. Well, we'll have to go to Wakano if you do come out. Actually, there's about 10,000 better places to eat, so never mind. We won't go to Wakano. Well, I have to say that was a pretty cool-looking restaurant. No, it's yeah. nothing else. We don't have a whole lot here that look like that, so when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting looking. But now, now there was something I did want to say. This is still going back to the um, – it's another note that I have. Going back to when we were talking about the blood in the water, um, the blood in the shower, and um, and – <clears throat> excuse me, England, framing things, putting on the screen, what keeps you involved, interested, and engaged. Excuse me. I don't have my mute button, so like all my little burps and stuff, I can't hide. <laughs> but I have in my notes, even when she's sitting in a puddle of her own blood, all I could think was, nice ass. That's all. I just wanted to make sure that that got into the episode. Yeah. Because, I, like... I want to I want to explore the difference, though. You're completely turned off by a girl with a spider tattoo and a lip piercing who's got a great body, but uh, a woman minus those two things and three gallons of menstrual blood um, is hot for you. <laughs> Interesting. What can I say? What can I say? I like my steak rare. Mm-hmm. No, we never actually got to see Nikki's body, did we? Oh, I mean, we bit. see her Not nearly walking enough. through a door, sitting on a couch, and that was about it. Nah, I mean, I'm going from her headshot, she definitely is hot. But from what we saw on the screen, they didn't doll her up and make her, at least to me, she wasn't made up to be that kind of hot. She may have been, like, lipstick lesbian hot. But, you know, every, everything about the Nikki character, for me at least, felt like it was designed to make me dislike her from the get-go. Yep. Now, what did you think of um, – we were also talking about the special effects. What did you think about other pieces – of special effect that they use, like the cold sore on Sam's uh, lip or the fingernail. Um, Just mentioning fingernails, I want to throw in there, fingernails falling off of people are gross. That disturbs me whenever I see it in a movie. And I I I will note the lovely nod to the nightmare we've all had universally where you're pulling your own teeth out. fucking skeeves me. Um, yeah, I thought it was all, well, what was it? Oh, um, remarkable. Um, and I will say, well, yeah, you know what? I Never mind. I, I had some criticism. But I'm going to leave him out for this because Eric seems like a nice guy. <laughs> um, yeah, good use, of, uh, good use of lip prosthetics, good use of um, um, eye issues. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, I did have a slight issue with one of her eyes. 
Um, but that's okay. And also one thing, um, fuck was I just going to say? The, oh, good use of maggots. Interesting. But maggots don't become giant mealworms. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how the fuck that happens. <laughs> you know, and, and, and since you bring that up, I will just say one thing, and this is something else I added in my notes. When you penetrate someone and it tingles, maybe it's time to stop, especially well, if they're covered in crust, scabs, and sores. And by the way, all if, it's, if it's rotten enough to have flies land and lay maggots, why wouldn't you smell that? You know, uh, yeah, no, no, that that is a good point, and it's also interesting to note that that started earlier. So that particular thing showed up earlier in the film, and when it showed up the first time, it only showed up twice that I can think of. I went just like you, like you're saying. When did that have a ha- when did that have an opportunity to occur? Right. I mean, I get what it was getting at. I just couldn't. Resolved in my head when that could have been, when that could have possibly happened. When it could have happened, and, and how how quickly it happened, because we're 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 shown we're given a good three day slice of Samantha's right. life. Um, yeah, so couldn't happen that quickly, and, and one does not become the other. I'm sorry, it's not how it works. Right. But, yeah, best case but scenario, I, I think. But I understand what they were saying. I think I think visually, visually, it it got the point across. So. Exactly, and and for that I liked it. Yeah. Now, I'll, now before we started recording, I did mention that this film is well done, but it's not entirely original, or not. I'm sorry, not entirely original, not entirely new. So, the story it's telling, I've seen now in the last, I guess, two years. I've seen in two other films. You know, the idea of the uh, <laughs> I, I tried to come up with my own term for it. Female Empowerment, Femi-Zombies. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, two other films that had a similar idea where it was a female character who somehow has something happen to her, and then over the course of the film, we see her succumb to what has happened. And those two films are Thanatomorphos, which was a phenomenal, phenomenally disturbing and gross film. And the other one was Pretty Dead. And that was um, the girl who gets the cordyceps, is it cordyceps or cordycepsis? The um, fungal infection that over time changes her into what I called a vampire. What? There was one scene in the film Pretty Dead. So the main character is, she gets infected, she gets a, a fungal infection that turns her into, slowly into a zombie. Hold on. <gasps> Sorry. Um, but at one point, she's in the ladies' room at, like, a restaurant or someplace, and she can't eat food. Whenever she eats regular food, it, it's disgusting to her, but she tastes blood, and it's okay. The girl in the stall next to her changes her tampon, or takes out her tampon, throws it in the trash, and then leaves. And the main character comes out, and she grabs, she sees the, tamp, the bloody tampon, and then she picks up and pops it in her mouth. And then when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, she's a tampire. Well, hey. well, spoilers, that was on my Netflix. God damn it, Daryl, now you have to watch it. <laughs> that was a good movie, though, Pretty Dead. Both of them were good. Thanatomorphous, though. Oh, my God. I, I don't, I don't want to yeah, stop, stop, fall stop. away from talking about this movie. Let's just say yeah. that one I want to do, that definitely needs to be an episode of The Zombie Mom because that was a really well-done film as well. Visually, it was stunning. Um, but what I was getting at is the, uh, the idea of a female character as the, the sole focus of the story as she slowly deteriorates, succumbs to whatever has taken hold or has uh, affected her. As far as those films go, this film is in the ballpark with those other two, and those other two were great films. I really loved them. And I right. think uh, Contracted, is right on par with that. It was a really well done, really nicely done film. And it was a tight film, too. It was, uh, what, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, 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 not bad, not bad. Yeah, it, it didn't linger. It didn't spend a lot of time on, it didn't waste time on unnecessary topics in the story. It really got down to brass tacks. I mean, we got right into what happens to Sam. We get to see how it affects Sam, and then we get to see the outcome. And, of course, that outcome that was such, I don't want to say a generic outcome, but that was what we've all become accustomed to. The way it ends is something we're all accustomed to, and at that point, we know where the story goes. We've been brought someplace familiar. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, and I will say I didn't. I didn't. You know, I can't. Okay, the ending itself, I was like, mm. nah, because I knew it was coming. But right. the way he paced it and the way he brought us to it, I thought it was good. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I do have a, a criticism about that that I will talk to you about after we stop recording because okay. um, it gives too much away about how how the the second leading up to it. Um, so, okay. But Fair I, enough. I, I don't want to, I don't want to scare anybody away from this film. It is definitely worth a watch. So yeah, def, definitely do not be scared off by that. We're not going to say what happens, but I think that's a good thing in a story, a book, or whatever. Is when you can get to the ending and you know where it's going. That's to me, that's a good thing. I don't yeah. think the ending should always be just a total surprise. You have no idea what that ending's going to be. If you have engaged enough, if the writer and director have engaged the audience enough in the story and they have, stole, they have told that story clearly enough, then by the time you get to that ending, your ideas and the writer's ideas should be merging enough that you know what's coming up. Because yeah. if you can't predict what all the events you have seen are going to lead up to, then the writer did not do his, story, do not, did not do his job good enough to get you there. He left right. something and out. He didn't, he didn't groom you properly. And I will say that, um, that easily, he could have taken the easy way out and just said, guess what? Well, this is, this is the, uh, the start of the apocalypse. Here goes, you know, typhoid, Mary, bang, right. out it goes. And suddenly everybody's becoming infected. That was not the case in this film. And I was, I was happy to see that even though I knew what was coming, he went a different way. Um, mm-hmm. and made it a very small, very localized ending. And I do really appreciate that. Right. He made, he made that ending as believable as pretty much everything else in the story leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I liked. That, you know, it was something where when it happened, like you said, he, it, was, it was focused, it was tight enough, it was localized, and that made it realistic. So, <laughs> because I do want to talk a little shit, uh, who do you think had the best performance, and who do you think had the weakest performance? Uh, best performance? Well, mm-hmm. well definitely um, Najara. She carried the film, being pretty much the main person that we see through the whole film. I think she did a great job of portraying Sam, of showing Sam's you know breaking down, of showing Sam weak. You know, she is this weak person. She she only has strength when she's squaring off against her mother or when she's, you know, trying to push Riley away when he gets too close and almost sees what's going on. She, she did a good job of being that broken individual, that sympathetic person that you just wanted to put your arms around her and go, it's okay, I, you know, somebody will make it better. I think she did good. How about you? Um, yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought she was very believable. Uh, and for all the same reasons you said. Also, on a weird side note, I really thought the doctor, Ruben Pla, was great. I would believe him as a doctor in any film. The way he was speaking, uh, he really sold it to me well. And he was like... (laughs) The only only thing I'll say about him is uh, when he was was doing an examination and Sam is, she's on the bed, but she's in her street clothes and she mentions the burning and he goes, well, shall we take a look? And I'm like, but she's still in her pants. That's creepy. She should be in the examination gown. You don't ask a woman to pull her pants down so you can look at her bits. I do. Well, you've paid for that. Well, like, sure. But the customer's always yeah. right. My God, that's a penis. No, it's not. It's a mealworm. God damn it. That's like an infant. Right? This was not, this was not <laughs> mentioned in the Craigslist ad, you fucker. All right. Um, all right, so who do you think was – okay, whose performance – let me rephrase this because I don't want to say that it was a bad performance. Yeah, not Whose Mendoza. performance did not, did not convince you? Ooh, that's, a, that's an interesting question because I, I hate to say it. <clears throat> I think the one who didn't quite um, ring me in was Caroline Williams. <laughs> me too, yeah. I mean, she's a fine actress. It's just – I don't know. There was something with the interplay between her and Samantha that didn't feel natural. Exactly. I guess because, yeah, I guess because coming from a house where, you know, I grew up with five sisters and seeing moms and, and daughters not get along, 
I know what that looks like. I saw it way too many times. And uh, I don't know, there was just something in their exchange where it didn't quite feel, there was no, none of that chemistry to it. I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad performance. It just didn't quite feel like a real thing. It didn't feel legitimate to me. Exactly. No, the, the, it wasn't a bad performance at all. But the more they argued, the more I, I kind of felt like, well, I don't know. It's, it's, I sided like, with Sam. I felt like yeah. my mom was just way crossing lines. Well, yeah, but I just I just meant as far as as far as selling the believability of the character, it 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 seemed like she was trying to take the, the religious mother stance, um, and uh, just I just didn't buy it. Not a bad performance, no, but just didn't sell it to me right. And I and I love Caroline Williams, so you know I mean, she's a good actor. Well, let me ask you this question then. You bring up a good point because I didn't thought about that way. Do you think if she had kind of channeled a little bit of, and I can't remember, God, shoot me for not remembering, the mother from the original Carrie. Who played the mom? Oh, wow, yeah, you know what? God, yeah. Like, if wow, she had channeled exactly. not all of that, but a little of that, but why am I blanking on the actress's name? Because it's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, uh, I, I almost, <laughs> almost said Sissy Spacek. No, that's not you know, correct. People yelling at their MP3 players right now going, you don't know? My God, you people need to shut up. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, can't a little, say Piper Laurie. Yeah, Piper Laurie. A little bit of that would have been fine, but also I think, you know, you know what? What may have been a believability issue for me is the fact, and folks, I'm not trying to be a racist asshole, okay? I just am. No, I'm kidding. I'm not trying to take that route, but... Um, white people died. Uh, no, a white mother living in Los Angeles, because this is billed as being in Los Angeles, uh, I find a hard time believing that, that there would be such a, a arm's reach calling, you, calling her own daughter a dyke kind of reaction. <laughs> I, and to be that, honest... You know, when she said that, that didn't feel real. It, yeah, it didn't feel real to me, because I couldn't see her doing it. And, and to be honest, living here in L.A., the only people that I, that I find that tend to be... Um, outwardly homophobic uh, or outspokenly homophobic are uh, African-American and Hispanic people. And it's only a small really? minority of them that do. Um, I work, I mean, I've worked, and this is not a joke, folks. I've worked um, with black and, and Mexican people that offhandedly have mentioned that, oh, I don't know, gay people should be set on fire and things like this. I never hear that from white people. So, um, to hear it from this nice little old mother, I just didn't buy it. But um, yeah, that's, what I mean. Yeah, and I think in the end that's what it was for me, was there was something about the character that just didn't quite work. It, it yeah. wasn't driving. It didn't feel real to me. Right. Um, so especially here in L.A., which is very um, socially, morally relaxed and very accepting, you know, I just, I just didn't buy right. it. So, yeah, you would think somebody like that would stick out like a sore thumb. You, it, and would be, and more than just the cross that was on that wall near the kitchen, um, you would think right. it would have been very, very proud, like Piper Laurie, for example. It would take that kind of extreme kind of attitude, but she didn't show any of that in anything else she did. She seemed very like, hey, I love you, let's make sure you're up drugs, dyke, you know, kind of whatever. <laughs> it didn't match up. Carpet, my character. Where's your Birkenstocks? Would you like some right. chili? <laughs> oh. Okay, so in the end, though, we are agreed. This is a good film. Damn, the genre no, no, not great the greatest ass. film you, ever you made. It was a good film, very well-paced, well-written, well-shot, well-acted. Sure, all the way around, I did yeah. enjoy this film. And, so, I, and I, again, and I enjoyed the special uh, details and special effects and music and sound. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the sound and music really helped this film flow nicely. It really did. You know what? We need to come up with for the zombie mob. We need to come up with a proper rating scale. We need to get in touch with Tom Brodinsky. Oh, is there a man of get, vision that we could dedicate yes, this to? <laughs> get the newer, refined, the updated Brodinsky rating scale. Whoa. The prototype, I'm hoping next month. The prototype model will, I've been hearing about? He has, oh he has been working on Brodinsky 2.0. Oh, he has shit. been working on it. He was. He wanted to. He wanted to come on. Uh, God, I think it was back for episode two hundred of a Little Dead podcast. He mentioned it to me that he had a. He had worked on a new rating scale. And l people listening, I'm not bullshitting. Tom did tell me this. 
he has it. He was waiting to get the time and the right film to come on a Little Dead podcast and introduce it himself. Unfortunately, that opportunity never arose. But with the zombie mob, we will be able to do that. You know, we're not going to do it. It was silly, my original thing about, you know, would we present this film to the Zom Father, the Dawn of the Dead? That, that, that was silly. That was very kitschy, and it doesn't quite, it doesn't have uh, longevity. We need a <laughs> real makes, rating scale. If it makes fire alarms go off. If you listen to the last episode of the uh, podcast I'm doing with, with Midnight Curry in New Jersey, Nick, Nick's actually asking me about what the premise behind the zombie mob is. And as I start to explain, we submitted to the Godfather, all the fire alarms went off in my building, and I fucking had to get off ASAP and run outside. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. So, also, that premise makes fires happen, Daryl. That's fucking dangerous, bro. Just saying. Yes, yes. We don't want that, because only you can prevent forest fires. Me? Oh, well, Me? the listeners. Listeners, only you. <laughs> And I will well, say, looking at McPherson's picture on his on his Skype fucking profile, he looks like he could be that he could be um, God. What's that bear? Smokey the bear. He looks with Smokey the oh, bear shit. with yellow shades. It's a great picture. I don't even know what my Skype profile looks like. Oh, you, you look like Chester the molester in the forest with green with yellow glasses. <laughs> oh, awesome. oh God! Did you hear about the? Uh, oh, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to get in. All right. The, uh, off. Yeah. After the show. Too many segments. <laughs> yeah. So, in the end, people, November 22nd, Contracted, 2013, starring Najara Townsend, Caroline Williams. Uh, oop, I moved away from the... the Alice McDonald, Katie Stegman. Alice McDonald, Katie Matt Stegman, Mercer. Matt Mercer, Charlie Coots, Who thinks Simon Barrett. On Friday still. Hmm, I love that. Ruben Pla. Ruben Pla. Go see it, or check on, I believe it's Amazon Video On Demand. It may be on um, other video on-demand services. Honestly, I'm not familiar with all of them, but I do remember Amazon being listed. Check it out, Contracted by Eric England. Good film. You will like it. You'll appreciate it. Trust me. I agree. Yes. Okay, well, that's everything for Episode 40 of The Zombie Mob. Uh, Gee, I don't even have a proper way to end the episode anymore. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey, until next month, we'll talk to you later. Actually, Mike, you want to uh, mention anything about what we were talking about as far as episodes are concerned? I have no idea what you're referencing. What? What do you want me to say? Okay. You lost no, me. Just, just, just sign here. Just sign here. This, this, this protects you. Um, I'd like to mention no. that. Uh, what? Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now, now we're now we're in a now we're in a friggin' British movie. I you don't. You always I, had that one scene where the two people walk in and they're just like, uh, um, yeah, no, um. Yeah. So, so I guess I will. I will mention. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know what I'm supposed to say. I'm not picking up it, but I will say that coming soon uh, in the next episodes, um, hopefully we'll have Miss Fitboy with us. I will be actually uh, submitting a monthly review again of a zombie film of uh, just randomness that shows up that I watch. I'm not quite sure what Miss Fitboy is going to do, but uh, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Oh, well. actually, I wanted to. I was hoping that we could get people excited about. We're going to try and do. The, the monthly zombie mob episode, we're going to be better about it. We're not going to do – I'm going to do my best to get people together and not have it be, oh, let me see, what episode can I rerun of the, uh, what, 36 episodes that we actually recorded? Uh, make sure that we have a real episode every month. And I wanted to get you to do um, an extra episode every month of your zombie reviews because they were the most popular part of a Little Bit podcast. Hardly. So I want to make sure that we're still delivering something – a quality product to our listeners. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. I, I disagree with you as far as popularity goes, but, um, so thank but you, then you just have to accept the fact that I'm always right, and that's good. And, and also a known liar. So what the fuck ever. <laughs> so three uh, percent yeah. of all statistics are made up on the fly. I don't know what you said, but my ass is smoking. All right, folks. We'll see you next month. Oh, hey, don't forget to check out the Comic Book Update show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's this other show going on called the Comic Book Update. It's a weekly comic book podcast where I record what I I record. I talk about what I read the previous week from my comic stash. Check it out at comicbookupdate.com. And don't forget Fail Dozer. Uh, I don't see much movement on Fail Dozer from here on out. But I will say, keep your fucking eyes peeled. 
for a television show coming soon, and I did wrangle the website, HellDorado.tv. Excellent. Like Eldorado, but in hell. Eldorado.tv. Two L's. Two L's. So the two L's or one? Two. The road to Eldorado. Mm. Excellent. Mm. You like that? Quick, get my room. All right, people. Later. <laughs> See ya. Okay. Mm. Oh, poorly. Won't see him no more.